one of my favorite moments of this time of the year as I now look back is what we call the grassroots Christmas pageant here at Pillar. It's, a, it's an opportunity for the younger ones, the littlest ones of our community to dress up in whatever way they'd like as the story, the Christmas story, the story of the infant child and the virgin mother and the unsuspecting father and the shepherds and the wise men. We tell the story so the little ones can find their way into that story. Uh, this year, I think I saw of course, a shepherd and a few Marys and some baby Jesus dolls. Uh, anytime we invite Josephs forward, there's never a Joseph, which I've always found kind of curious. Uh, it's, a, it's a great night. There was a, I think I saw a, a donkey and even a pig was there this year. It was a pretty great grassroots Christmas pageant. The point in the pageant is not just to have fun and take some cute pictures of our kids, but rather to invite our youngest ones into the story, to help them find their way into the story of the eternal God who becomes infant child, to find their way into the story so they'll never leave the story. Their imaginations would be shaped by the story. Their lives would be molded by the story. Their heart would be formed by the story. So we invite them to dress in any character they'd like. Little old pillowcases become Mary's robes that launch a little one into the saving story of God's redeeming purposes. An old prime delivery box becomes the the material for angel's wings that launch a a seven-year-old out into the shepherd field to hear good news, great joy. We want our younger ones to find their way into the story. That's why we do the grassroots Christmas pageant. Here's a few pictures of this year's pageant if you wanted to look. But it's not just for the kids, actually. I mean, the pageant is, but the, but the invitation into the story, it's not just for children, it's for all of us. All of us to find our way into the story. Leslie Newbegin, in a book titled The Gospel in a Pluralist Society, the answer to the question, who am I, can only be given if we ask, what's my story? And that can only be answered if there's an answer to the further question, What's the whole story of which my story's a part? On this first Sunday in Christmas tide, we want to take some time to invite you to find your way into the story, to open yourself to the possibility you might be in the story. I've asked a few friends to help us today. Tammy Parks is going to re- offer a reflection of her own from a portion of the Luke 2 story, and then Naguse Ercano is going to offer a reflection from his perspective on a second part of Luke's Christmas story. And then Trevor and Kenzie Brewer, who just gave birth to their firstborn child a few days ago, are going to offer a third reflection from their perspective of a third spot in the story. So listen to the story and find your way inside. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Each went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went to be registered from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended of the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child while they were there. The time came for her to deliver and she gave birth to her firstborn son 
And she wrapped him in bands of cloth and she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Luke 2, 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. As a mother of a firstborn son, it's easy to focus on these words in this scripture. To feel a mother's rush of adrenaline and emotions when the baby is first in your arms. It's common too to focus on the sad circumstances that surround the no room phrase. Why was there no room for a laboring mother, for a newborn baby? This year, however, my attention has been drawn over and over to the phrase wrapped and laid that describes what Mary did with her firstborn son. No matter which version or translation I read, these words were there. The King James says, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. The message says, wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger. The modern English version said, wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. What is there for us to learn in this simple phrase? Of course, there is the foreshadowing of the next time that Jesus' body will be wrapped in cloths and laid in a borrowed place. However, as a woman living in West Michigan in 2021, these words remind me of all the other things we're wrapping and laying or have wrapped and laid in the last few weeks, yesterday, or still today. December is full of wrapping gifts and laying them beneath a tree, on a pile, in a special hiding place. In that act, I can choose to consciously reenact Mary's treatment of her gift from God. Yet one thing still niggles in my mind. Mary had never asked for this gift. It was not something she had entreated God for. He gave Mary and the whole world a gift of his choosing, what he knew we needed. The blessing he sent to Mary was unexpected and unknown. How many of God's gifts to me do I refuse to tenderly wrap and lay at his feet? There's a theme in scripture of God's giving to his people gifts of his choosing that are for their good, not necessarily something they've asked for or expected. But so many of us back then and today turn away and shun those gifts rather than tenderly receiving, wrapping, and laying as Mary is recorded doing. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just then, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And just then there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When Jesus Christ was born, there were many fascinating things happened. One of those things found in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The verse says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, 
and on earth peace among those whom he favors. This small beautiful song was sung by the heavenly choir, the angels. They were praising God, they were excited about what for what God has done, which was the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were saying that God deserves praises, glory for sending such a son who brings peace, shalom to all the people, including you and me. This peace, this shalom is not just the absence of war. It is beyond that. It is the peace of mind, it is the peace of heart, it is internal peace, if you like, it is the salvation peace. Folks, we are favored to get this peace. Today, we are living in a chaotic world, not just only because of the presence of war in this world but because of many other reasons as well. There are many things that distracts us. There are many things that disappoints us. There are many things that brings pain to each one of us in this world. However, in the middle of all this, we have internal peace because of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, and during this season of Christmas, I would encourage each one of us here, I would ask each one of us here to join the heavenly choir, the angels, in praising God, in adoring God, in worshiping God for His Son, for our Savior, who gave us peace, shalom, Reconciliation with God as a result, reconciliation with one another, harmony, unity, coming together in such a way to worship God. Let's join in praising God, the heavenly choir. Amen. When the angels had departed from them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has been made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And they told them all that had been made known to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. Merry Christmas, Pillar family. We are Trevor and Kenzie Brewer. This Christmas brings a new anticipation and season of joy as we wait for the arrival of our daughter any day now. We feel so closely connected to the Christmas story as we wait to celebrate Jesus' birth and the precious gift he's bringing to our family. Reading through Luke 2, John asks us to pay special attention to verse 19. As we both read these familiar verses, we realized neither of us had paid much attention to verse 19. When reading the passage as a whole, verse 19 gets lost in the hustle and bustle of the Christmas story. As we read Luke 2, the hustle and bustle is exactly what we focus on. 
If you look at all the action that takes place prior to verse 19, you will come across many verbs that tell us the actions of Mary and Joseph, the angel, and the shepherds. All of the verbs tell us the story of active things people were doing during and after Jesus's birth. Some of these verbs include praising, going, told, hurried, wrapped, and appeared. Then suddenly, in the middle of all the busyness, there was a pause in the reading at verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When we pay attention to this pause, it becomes clear that this verse is not meant to get lost within the busyness, but is an intentional pause of stillness and quiet despite the busyness. In this small moment, we are invited to pause with Mary and ponder and treasure all the events that came before verse 19. In our busyness of preparing for a sweet little girl, the list of verbs might sound something like washing, buying, cleaning, or folding. Whatever busyness you find yourself in and whatever verbs are telling your current story, Pillar family, we invite you to pause, to treasure, and to ponder. Within your hustle and bustle, pause for a moment of stillness. We invite you to quiet yourself within all the busyness and carefully hold all the wonder of our Savior's birth in your heart, just as Mary did. It's good to hear my friends Tammy and Naguse and Trevor and Kinsey reflect from their perspective an invitation to you. Where do you find yourself in the story? If we're going to answer the question, who am I, can only be answered if we ask, what's my story? And that can only be answered if we ask a further question, what's the whole story of which my story is a part? This first Sunday in Christmas, we want to invite you to find your way in the story, to find out who you really are. The eternal God becomes the infant one so that we might become children of God. If you believe Jesus is Lord and you acknowledge him as Savior, you are welcome to feast on God's goodness made available at the table. If you're not at that place in life or faith, this isn't meant to be coercive or manipulative or awkward for you. Uh, you're invited to wonder, what, what is my story? What's the, the whole story of which my story's a part? This is the body of Christ given for you and the cup of Christ poured out for you.